Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Samantha Harris. She's an Emmy Award winner, best known for eight seasons as the host of Dancing with the Stars, as well as her many years on Entertainment Tonight, Extra, E! News, and Access Hollywood. She is a fixture in the entertainment world, working major Hollywood award shows, starring as the lead in the musical Chicago on Broadway, and currently as the host of the wordplay game show Tug of Words. Samantha is also a megastar in the wellness world. She's the author of the best-selling book, Your Healthiest Healthy, a certified health coach and trainer, and runs a booming wellness community with retreats, courses, and more. Now, while she's been active since childhood, she expanded her passion for fitness to embrace all aspects of wellness after her breast cancer diagnosis. Empowering women regarding their overall health is such a priority of hers. She also supports cancer survivors through her huge partnership with Susan G. Komen. And on top of all this, her family, her dog, and her friends are the center of her world. Now, I have known her for a really long time, and I can assure you she is authentic. That energy she brings to her workouts and her overall life is real, and it radiates to so many. I am honored that Samantha is back here on the podcast again, sharing her wisdom on how we can all be well. Thank you so much, Samantha. Karen, that was just the most beautiful introduction, and I so appreciate you, everything that you do for the breast cancer community, how you share your story so authentically and beautifully and honorably and honestly, and I am grateful that we are friends, but that I get to also come to share with your community again. Well, thank you. I could go on and on, and I said this, I, I think I probably, in our last introduction, uh, so Samantha was on the pod, podcast for all of those that are listening here. She was episode six in the very beginning of all this, and it's really fun when you bring somebody on that you've known for so long, and listen, we definitely talked about wellness. I think it was right around after Your Healthiest Healthy, the book came out, and so there was so much to talk about with wellness, but also, you know, you go down that rabbit hole sometimes where I think we talked about Nate Burkus, we talked about our favorite <laughs> mall, Ridgedale, we talked about our good friends, Dee Dee and Sarah, and we had a really fun time. Uh, but we also can go down other tangents where we're talking about cancer, or we're talking about health, or we're, I don't know, talking about raising kids, right? Because we've got teenagers and there's um, there's oh, always, <laughs> there's always so much to talk about. So I am really honored that you're back again here. And I think what I'd like to focus on is, is we're going to talk wellness. We're going to talk about what your recommendations are. You've got so much of a history, especially with fitness. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners kind of how it evolved for you because you know I know it started out you've been a dancer since you were young in your 20s probably 30s 40s and and well beyond I can see you being the fitness cover model forever uh, but fitness was your love and I know now you embrace all aspects of it so I'd love to hear how your habits changed 
Well, fitness was something that growing up in a family of dancers and I never was, uh, yes, I was the host of Dancing with the Stars for all those seasons, but I could never hold a candle or even a, a spin to those professional dancers. I was just lucky to stand next to them. And uh, in a room full of regular people, I can I can hold a beat. Um, but, you know, really the, the idea of fitness for me in my 20s and in my 30s, which was the peak of my biggest television shows, was all about how do I look in a dress? How do I appear to others on TV? And, you know, the old saying of the camera adds 10 pounds. Okay, so how can I look thin? How can I look defined and sculpted? And that was my goal. That was my intention for exercise. Never for a moment until cancer, realizing the incredible benefits for really so many more important things than just how you look. And it pivoted after cancer. I changed, and we'll get into it on all other fronts, but I changed so many aspects of my life and my well-being, and fitness was one of them. Now, was I still doing some of the same types of workouts? Yes, I still do HIT and kickboxing. I bike, I run, I hike but I also integrate a lot more yoga and mindfulness. My reasons for working out were completely extrinsic in my prior life, pre-cancer. And they focused now, you know, became focused now on the intrinsic. What can my body, this one vessel that I will have for what I intend to have a very much longer life beyond cancer than I ever did before it, how long can my body carry me through life? What can it do for me? And how can it help me to achieve a healthy, limber, able-bodied existence? What's interesting is that in some ways, like, yes, you were you know, on TV and so you wanted to look good in a dress. But for, for me listening and for all those listening, we've been to weddings, we've been to these big events where we want to look good in the dress too. So what you're talking about, though it, it came from kind of the, the showcasing standpoint, really can be everybody's, you know, in and out of their lives as well. It, well, exactly. Look, everyone has, whether it's that reunion or just wanting to put your skinny jeans on and not feel like you have to lay down and struggle or, you know, be in the dressing room trying things on and feel with the horrible lighting and the three-way mirrors that you just feel awful about yourself, right? It's that confidence boost, that ability to feel good about yourself. So that's where exercise, I think, plays a big part for so many people. But then as we shift into the, you know, second half of our lives, and if we're especially having, you know, having had dealt with something like cancer or another major diagnosis, how fitness can really help improve our productivity, our energy, how it can help mitigate or reduce the chance of recurrence of other future chronic diseases. I just was you know, reading, I read up all the time on so much research. And one of the latest big studies came out of the University of Tel Aviv talking about how regular HIIT exercise contributes to a huge reduction in your glucose because of the uptake of glucose, your blood sugar. And what that does for cancer survivors is it actually was a 72% decrease in metastatic expansion of your cancer and survivorship if you are regularly exercising with some vigor. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm taking notes on that because there are, when, when I started to do my research in the beginning with pretty wellness, I was taken aback by all the studies about 
fitness and how being active was so important. Like, yeah, we knew you're, you should be active, right? There was probably some after school special growing up that we knew it was important. <laughs> or, sure. you, you know, I danced as a kid, other people played sports. Um, whatever you did, you know, and now I think we know that as well. But the question is, what do we do? And I'll tell you, I love to walk. I know that there's those nurses studies out of Hartford, or out of Hartford, um, I'm here in Connecticut, out of Harvard, that talk about the importance of being active, walking 30 to 60 minutes a day. However, those are, gen- you know, that it's a wonderful study, but there's so much else out there as well that like you're talking about how hit can be an important element in terms of risk reduction or, you know, in my case, even trying to, to keep the cancer at bay. Right. And for those who are like, what's hit? It's high intensity interval training. So really getting your body going really fast and energetic and getting, getting the heavy breathing and then bringing it down and then bringing it back up and down. You can do the great thing about hit is it's a very efficient and effective exercise modality because you can actually benefit from a shorter, even if it's a 10, 15 minute burst of exercise. Now, what about foods? Did you ever eat Twinkies? And what do you what do you tell people when they say, "What do you eat now, Samantha?" Or what? Maybe not what you eat, but what do you think we should eat? Well, look, I, you know, I went back to school to become a certified health coach because I needed to understand much more of the science behind the things that I thought I was starting to understand. And if there's one improvement or change that we can make not just to help mitigate recurrence or an initial diagnosis of breast cancer but also to reduce our risk of heart disease type 2 diabetes neurodegenerative disorders it is nutrition and what we are feeding ourselves on a daily basis and yes i ate the twinkies and the hoes and the mcdonald's and the burger king and the pizza 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 and every bit of junk i i was not allowed to have fruit loops or fruity pebbles in the house yet we could have frosted flakes that you know and my parents were like that too there were some things that were no 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 but then there was something that was equally as bad but right those were the it didn't have the food coloring so it somehow seemed better right right um the, the sugar content and the junk so you know here the biggest difference for me has been well twofold one i greatly reduced my animal protein intake we see many studies that show that our igf1 which is the growth factor one that can lead to cancer and the high and we get that IGF one and the high levels of it from animal protein. Now, am I saying you have to go vegan or vegetarian? Not at all. What I am highly advocating is that you build a plant-based foundation because pre-cancer growing up in the era of low fat, fat free, everything is, that's how we stay healthy. I eschewed fat because I thought it was literally the F word. And I ate anything that was slapped with a label that said fat-free or low-fat. So red vines, fat-free, snack wells, low-fat. And I, you two, you're shaking your head, yes. Yes, I, I mean, everything, baked lays. I thought I was eating out of vending machines during my whole corporate career, but it's baked lays and diet Dr. Pepper. This is good for me, or at least I thought it wasn't bad for me. Right, and the, the major food companies, unfortunately, do not have our best health at their top priority, they have their pocketbooks. And our own FDA does not unfortunately have our backs like we would like to believe, whether it comes to our food or the you know cosmetics and personal care products we're using. And so we have to become our best health advocates and consumers reading labels and understanding. So staying with the food for a moment, 
I started to realize that we needed to fill our plate half full of veggies at every meal. And since cancer, I've also come to learn the importance of trying to have more diversity among those veggies so that we're looking to have about 30 different, I know it sounds like a lot, it's over the course of a week, but 30 different plant-based foods a week for the best optimal microbiome, which is the key to immunity and our overall health. So that's nuts, seeds, berries, you know, any sort of leafy greens and produce, it's a much whole grains, it's a much wider category than just having rabbit food all day. Can I ask you, because I think a lot of people right now are like, I've heard of microbiome, but what do they mean when they're talking about that? Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So we have trillions of gut bugs and we actually have more more cells in our gut than we do in the rest of our entire body when it comes to uh, our, our bacteria and our immune system. 70% of our immune system is actually in our gut, right? So that's really our intestines, our stomach, that whole lower tract down there. And so when we have, we have good and bad gut bugs, you know, so we need to make sure that we increase the good gut bacteria and we lower the bad gut bacteria. And so we also have something called uh, gut permeability, which is where we have little little holes in, in the, the tight junctures we're supposed to have in our intestines. Sometimes when we have especially a bad diet, um, a standard American diet, and a lot of stress, um, those things contribute to leaky gut, which allows all of those bad bugs to get out into the rest of the system, into the bloodstream, and boom, now we have a systemic issue. And so we want to eat for the best gut bacteria and microbiome we can have. So how do people know if they've got a good gut biome, a bad gut biome, and changing <laughs> things around? Well, short of having stool testing, which is much more accessible these days than one would think, and and really understanding, there are actually some really great biohacking companies that have. Uh, there's one I used called Zoe that looks at your gut bacteria with with a stool test. It looks at your blood glucose, which is your sugar levels, and that is an indicator to what's happening with your insulin, which is a major hormone that regulates so many things, including our estrogen. And so uh, it gives you a constant glucose monitor that you wear for two weeks on the back of your arm. Goes on very easily, no pain. I've lived with one for on and off for uh, five months and then took a break and went and put another one on, but they give it to you for two weeks to assess your blood glucose. And then they also look at your blood fat, which are your triglycerides. So a three-prong approach to what, how foods specifically and what types of foods affect these three areas. And it's eye-opening. Um, there are a lot of other companies that just uh, give you the ability to look at your blood glucose, one called Levels, one called NutriSense. They're all wonderful. They have apps that go with them to educate you even further. Well, and, and I think on, on in layman's terms, I think of my little sister who used to work back in the day at that Brugger's Bagel, bagel <laughs> I used to across from, from Ridgedale, and she loved bagels. And then I think in college, she continued to eat them in her gut. She'd be like, my stomach feels so full. I don't feel great. In some ways, she she thought on her own, I've got this food sensitivity to heavy gluten. And I think that's just one way in your head, you know, you don't feel great after you eat something. Well, there might be something there. So if you go in and explore it, whether it's some of the companies that you mentioned or go and see a certified health coach or a, you know, a certified nutritionist, somebody that can help out, 
right? Your, do- your doctors and naturopath, they can help you move forward with that. So yes, yes. And I, you bring up a good point. And we could look, we could go to a deep dive another time too, where people can reach out to me on my Instagram or Facebook, Samantha Harris TV, like television, where I share a lot of information, but I also answer people directly with questions. And I have coaching groups and courses and all these other fun ways to, to get in touch with me and really get schooled on it, I guess. Uh, and, and everything's bio-individual, right? So what works right for me might not work for you or somebody else and vice versa. Right. And, and I'll tell you that has been key for me in my whole journey. I mean, my cancer journey started 18 years ago. It was right after I was married. And at the time I was, well, young, I'm still young, but I was young. We are, we are young. We are young. (laughs) And I was young and it was fun. And, and, but I was the only person in, in my peer group that was diagnosed. And through the years, unfortunately, like you, you know, we, we've had friends that, and, and, people that have come into our lives that have been diagnosed, not necessarily with cancer, but with something. And Mm -hmm. it is really helpful when you can find tools and ways to feel better. And that's why I love what you're doing. I love that you make it accessible, whether it's for the book, whether it's the courses so people can connect with you. And, and that's in some ways what I was trying to do too, is, is have this access and information so that people know you don't have to stay stuck and not feeling great, whether you're diagnosed with cancer or you're diagnosed with something else, or you're living the day-to-day and you just feel a little meh. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and as those who are listening are our age and starting to, they're either in perimenopause, which by the way, perimenopause lasts usually about 10 years or in menopause, there are lots of other symptoms and lots of other things that are, you know, whether it's brain fog, fatigue, bloating, discomfort, achiness, all the other things that we as women have to deal with, but we don't have to do it alone. And there's a lot of support out there. I want to just touch back on food for a moment because I know I kind of like jumped off at IGF-1 with the the growth hormone and and animal meat, and I didn't kind of finish that up with a nice tight bow. But the bottom line is this, that no matter which way you want to eat, a plant-based or plant-forward foundation is crucial. The moment I started adding in all of those fats that I was afraid of, the healthy kind. We're talking about avocados, nuts, and seeds, right? My chia seeds and my flaxseed and my smoothie, avocado and lots of things, avocado oil and olive oil, um, even a little bit of limited coconut oil. And then trying to really reduce all of the Franken foods, the manufactured junk, not to say I don't have some packaged goods in my home, but we've swapped out for the healthiest versions we can find. There are not Doritos in my house, but we have some other nacho, you know, tortilla chips that are with avocado oil and they're baked and they don't have as much of the added sugars and salts and and crapola that we have. And so so really the difference when I made that switch though to plant-based, plant-forward and reduced from 21 out of 21 meals a week of animal protein down to fish once or twice a week and animal, you know, other animal land protein, usually poultry, uh, maybe one to three times a month, the amount of energy that I gained sustained from the moment I wake up and I don't like to get up, but once I'm up, I'm up. And then my energy goes all the way through till I have to go to bed at 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I don't have the lulls. I don't have the brain fog. I don't have the bloating. And most of us, about 70% of people are lactose intolerant. So we don't deal with dairy and dairy is just unfortunately not great for us in general. I'm not saying you have to give up your cheese, but let's pick and choose how we're going to do that. And then 
I also realized that so many of us has, have gluten sensitivity. And so, as you mentioned, the bagels and your sister, right? So the, all of that gluten in everything that we're eating, and by the way, be wary of gluten-free products because they're not necessarily healthier or better. So anyway, you guys can always reach out to me to chat about these things in more detail because I know we have lots of other topics to chat about. Well, I love, I, I mean, there's just so many directions to go when it comes to, as you put it, your healthiest healthy, which really is our well-being. And as you and I have always talked about, it really is a process. Mm. We can continue to evolve into what works for us with whatever time, whatever we're going through in life. Now, I thought it might be fun since there's so many wellness trends out there and things that people talk about that I want to play like just like a... I don't know if I want to call it hot topics, but like buzz through. I'm going to bring up a topic and I want your quick 30 seconds point up, point on it. If you want to be like, all right, buzzer, press, press the buzzer, Karen. I want, I, I need an extra minute or I need an extra five hours. You can say that too. But I think it, it's fun. That way we can touch on a few different topics yeah, and then just move on to the next. So, all right. So I wish I had a little background music. Like you and I can start singing, right? All right. All right, so here, we're going to start with, for Trends 2023, we've been hearing probably the last five years about mushrooms and mushroom supplements, or what they're saying is stacking of those supplements, calling them mushroom stacking. What are your thoughts? Mushrooms, yes, 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 100%. Whether you are buying cremony or button mushrooms and you're sauteing with them with garlic and onions and eating them during the daytime, or if you're doing a supplement. But if you're doing any sort of supplement, be wary. Make sure that it is from a trusted known source, ideally with third-party lab testing, that makes sure that it is free of mycotoxins and harmful contaminants that can oftentimes get into our food and also into our supplements, right? We, a lot of us go down to the local whatever drugstore yep. pharmacy and grab off the shelf. I need vitamin C, I need some D, I need a multivitamin. And you just kind of grab it. And then you have no idea, first of all, the efficacy, the amount of potency, because a lot of them honestly are full of a bunch of BS and aren't, they don't even have in them what they sit claim on the label. And they also tend to carry with them a lot of contaminants and toxins. So you really want to be sure you're going with a trusted, proven product um, company. Again, always feel free to reach out to me on that. Tell me real quick, yep. what's your favorite brand or two? And I'll put the links in. You can send me some of those links. Uh, I'll send you links um, for supplements, Shackley, which has a hundred percent money back guarantee, empty container. They've All been right. around for 66 years and they test with third-party lab testing and they're most, the most clinically proven wellness brand. I also like uh, uh, bio optimizers for some of my stuff and uh, BioPure has some, there's some, there are some really good brands right. out there. Yeah, All for right, sure. so we'll put those in the show notes for everybody who's listening. All right, so next let's talk about the temperature therapy, whether it's cryotherapy or if you remember our Heidi Mahler back from Dance Line days, she went to Miami of Ohio and I see her social media. She jumps in lakes in Minnesota. This can did too, our other good friend. Twice this year. Polar bear plunge, not for me. <laughs> you know, but on the flip side, infrared saunas, heat therapy. So first of all, cryotherapy and infrared saunas, which heats you near, mid, and far infrared rays, different from a traditional sauna, which heats you from the outside in. Infrared heats you from the inside out and at lower temperatures and makes you sweat like you've never sweat before. Both of them incredibly beneficial for a variety of their own reasons. Cryotherapy makes me scared, but it's amazing. Here is the thing. For anyone who had node dissection. I myself had 11 lymph nodes out. 
there's a lifetime risk. And, and no matter what part of your body, um, by the way, it can be, I have people who've had groin lymph nodes out and get lymphedema in their legs. Uh, many people who have armpit nodes out like I did, who have lymphedema in their arms. That is a permanent swelling of your arms. There's no exact known cause. There is no protocol specifically. However, one of the many things they think could trigger it is an extreme temperature change from hot to cold or hot to cold, um, cold to hot for your body temperature. So I have I had always, I stopped my Bikram yoga. I always thought we got to stay away from it. Here's what's great. And I know about infrared saunas specifically. I don't know the science if there is any yet on cryo. With infrared saunas, if you are more than five years out from your node dissection, there is actually incredible benefit to infrared saunas for helping combat lymphedema. It also, the infrared saunas, if you have implants like I do, you get the toxins out of there. If there are any toxins in those implants that are kind of, I don't off gassing is the wrong term, but off gassing into your body, leaking into your body without an actual tear, it actually helps to mitigate uh, and combat that, those to that toxic exposure. And infrared sauna helps to uh, improve your nitric oxide, which is really important for our blood. It helps to detoxify our body, oxidize our body in the good way, and it leads to better immunity, better skin, but so many wonderful claims that have back, been backed by a lot of science. Um, there are many different ways to integrate infrared saunas or sauna mats into your life. Again, reach out to me. I can give you the whole gamut of many different companies and their pros and cons. All right. That's great. So let's say digital detox. I think we both could say after my, I went on a digital detox and it was Amazing. Just give me your quick thoughts on digital detox. Incredibly beneficial. Really hard for most of us to do, yes. putting down those phones. Here's where I tend to digital de detox. My workouts and my, well, I'd like, I was about to say, and my sauna, but I do bring my phone into my sauna. However, I make sure that for at least 20 minutes, I put that phone away and I do breath work inside the sauna. So when you can have other things like a walk outside, time with friends, with your kids, put the phone down. We have really stringent rules uh, in terms of at the table, whether it's at a restaurant or at home or in the car, those are our no phone zone rules. And so finding those times to step away are really important. I love that. And and I did an interview with a podcast guest uh, really a few episodes ago, um, Tracy from Start. And she had said that that's what's really important is finding zones that are no phone zones because it's so easy for us and our lives are busy and we're all connected and there's really no way to completely walk away from it. And so if you can find those places that, and then it brings calm, the dinner table, you know, is calm because you're not waiting for the phone call. You know, it'll happen after. All right. So let me get, a, give us a few more alcohol-free lifestyle. A lot of people are talking about that. I'm seeing a lot of products pop up now. Thoughts? First of all, for breast cancer, there's no safe amount of alcohol, unfortunately. Alcohol itself, the acetyl alcohol, which is what makes us get drunk, is a known carcinogen. We've had a lot of studies recently that in the news that we've been seeing about seven particular cancers that are basically alcohol is a huge contributor to. And so does this mean you can never have a glass of wine or a nice little Mai Tai out on vacation? No, again, 
bio-individual, figure out what works right for your lifestyle. But if you aren't having that glass of wine, and I know we have the heart disease, a glass of red wine every night helps, right? And heart disease is still the number one killer of women. So where's our balance? What do we want? You need to figure out what works best for you. Ideally though, you're not consuming one or two glasses of wine every single night or whatever your drink of choice is and really limit it, limiting it. A lot of oncologists will say three to four glasses per week. And that's a five ounce pour, by the way, guys. If I was going to say, you go out to dinner and you're probably getting double that. So just be aware that you may get that serving, that weekly um, amount going out to a restaurant. Right. Hey, by the way, I used to love to have my, yes, you guys can laugh, my my glass of Manischewitz with an ice cube or two <laughs> while I was cooking dinner because that's, I like the sugary stuff and that's the cheapest, sweetest thing you can find. Yeah. And I would like to have it when I was cooking dinner once or twice a week. And I realized I didn't want to have that alcohol and I found a great swap, which okay. is kombucha. I know, that's what right? I do too. I love it. It still has, and be careful of the sugar content yes. in kombucha. Um, I use um, organ, an organic one, GT's, I think it's called from Whole Foods, you too. I love it. Yep, GT's is my favorite. It's a little more bubbly because, you know, anybody who knows me as Karen Fine when I grew up, I always drank tons of pop and soda. And to me, the bubbles there, I like that. So I love GT's. Right, and, and it does still have more sugar than I wish it did, but I have it only a couple times a week. And because of the fermentation, you're getting some benefits, but also the fermentation process gives you a little bit of that kick that a glass of wine would do. So it's a nice little swap if you want it. So we have so many more topics we could we could cover. I feel like it's, you know, if this was like a, a daily talk talk show, you and I would be like, all right, here's the segment with, you know, what's Samantha Harris's top tips for X, Y, and Z when it comes to your well-being. Uh, you and I could talk about mental wellness. We could spend hours and hours. That has been an ongoing, listen, it's been something that since the beginning of time, I think has been out there. It's wonderful that in recent years, it's come more to the forefront. What are people doing? Can you just share for a moment, what's your favorite way to kind of connect with your own mental well-being? Well, I realized after cancer, how important it is to have mindfulness, breath work, and even meditation or meditative moments, even that means a walking meditation or something in nature in order to live optimally and reach my healthiest, healthy life possible. And I didn't realize in, like you have talked about so many times in you in the corporate world, me in the TV world, it was always go, go, go. The level of cortisol continually surging through my body, that stress hormone, was not good. And it definitely had to be a contributing factor among the many other, you know, epigenetic factors, lifestyle and habit factors that contributed to my cancer, which was not hormone related. And so I realized that I need to have those tools in my toolbox to mitigate my stress. And now I have positive self-talk control what you can control, worry when you have to worry. I can elaborate on these for all of you guys another time bring in that deep belly breath, that diaphragmatic breath, even if it means two or three rounds of it before you walk into a meeting while you're sitting in traffic, freaking out because you're not going to be on time, whatever it is, but find the tools that work for you. Meditation was something I struggled with and I still do. Finding that guided meditation or guided breath work get, got me to the same place were essential. And they are so important for our mental health. 
And I think that's key. And a, and a lot of people, especially when you're stressed out, you just want an answer. Sometimes it is a process finding something that's going to actually like exercise too, that's, that you're going to make work for you. So as you know, we end each episode playing what I call the grateful game. And I know from our past conversations that that's something that you guys did a little bit differently at dinner with your family. And I'll tell you, as the kids have evolved to be a little older of age, sometimes my son will not play the grateful game with me before bed. So we'll do it in the car. I'll be like, okay, Cal, what are you grateful for and why? So I would just like you to close out and tell us what is one thing that in the last 24, 48 hours that you are grateful for and why? Mm, this morning, the birds, the birds were in concert in like the biggest symphony I've ever heard of birds in my neighborhood. And as I was walking my younger daughter to the bus, I said, do you hear those birds? And just the joy in the song that the birds were singing, I found that gratitude. Happy to be alive, happy to be able to walk, happy to be able to be with my daughter because my husband was out of town and my other daughter gets driven to the bus. And there was this moment of just the two of us listening to the birds walking. And that was a grateful moment for me. And I will tell you that years ago, I would have missed that. But now that I actually make gratitude a part of my life and I look around, I would do the same thing as you is before I'd be like, eh, whatever the birds, like, but <laughs> right. now I notice it and I'm like, wow, it like, that's really pretty. And it's, it's not bringing me down. Like how many times when the weather's bad and you know, somebody speeds by and you get water like spraying all over your clothes or you know we could talk about those days but rather than focus on those things that happen you're looking around you and thinking oh the birds are beautiful which is why I love closing out my day closing out this podcast like talking about focusing on something that we're grateful for and why so for those of you who are listening right now please take a moment whether you close your eyes now as we're ending up this podcast and think about something good that you appreciated, that you were grateful for in this day. So Samantha, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. And if you want to follow up with her, please do. She has so many valuable different avenues and platforms where she talks about finding your healthiest healthy. She mentioned her social media, which is at Samantha Harris TV as in television and reach out to her. I will have all these links in the show notes. Um, but again, we are here. We hope we have provided a little bit of love, a little bit of laughter, and just um, some ideas on how that you can find some joy during whatever journey you're going through in life. So again, thank you. I'm giving you a big hug, Samantha. You too. And to everybody listening, big hugs. And I can't wait to connect with you. Bye for now, everyone. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.